Lyrics of the Hub, your fan cast, brought to you by TV Series Hub. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nurks of the Hub. I'm your host for the day, Heaven. I am joined by co-host Uber. Hey there. And our very special guest for the day, Tom Allison. Woo-hoo. Hi guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on with us. We are huge Killjoys fans at Nurks of oh. the Hub. <laughs> and don't tell your co-workers, but you are my favorite. <laughs> I won't say a word to them, as long as you've all heard that. so i feel like due to personal reasons i have to jump right into how much i love your hair and your makeup and your clothing and your accessories and (laughs) i have read in other people's interviews that you may have had a uh, a little hand in part of these things in the show what well you know it's funny uh i mean yes Yes and no, but in terms of the collaboration of it, mm-hmm. Craig uh, Ryan French, who is the genius behind the uh, makeup, which is amazing, and uh, our lovely designer um, Trisha Baker, uh, <laughs> who's genius. It's funny uh, finding Pre's style took a while at the beginning, like from the first season. So there was a different concept for Pre, and then I guess when I came in, they went, "Oh, wait a minute, that's what we want," and so. She had some pictures and some ideas, but basically she had to rethink it and create it on me. So my first costume fitting was five hours long. Ooh. Yeah, and then they're like, "Can you come back tomorrow?" And then we had another four-hour fitting the next day. I'm getting the impression to- that that's not normal. <laughs> that's not the norm. Not really. You know, but the thing is, it, what was great is that with her, Trish, and and her amazing assistant Donna, we had this amazing relationship, which was great. So we began this whole world of conversation and, and I trusted Trisha's eye completely and Donna was amazing in terms of like, what about this? And oh, hold it this way. But if I had a little, you know, what if it's, or that's not, it feels it should be bigger or it should be smaller or something else. But the makeup, Craig, um, who wasn't our original designer for the makeup, he, uh, he came in the first year and then he was gone the second year and then he came back into the three, four, and five as the head of makeup. And he sort of created some of the iconic looks of the first season because he sort of was put on to me. He came in a little later and then was put onto my makeup and had some of the iconic, the, the blue thing on the eye that first season, that big blue thing. That was Craig. You know, that kind of like these great details that he went, what if we do this? But he's genius. And, and what was great is he understood how for me with Pre, his makeup is part of the telling of the story. That's so right. So he would tell you right and so it was about his mood or i would i would name certain makeup as a costume like the superhero or the you know the or the or the the roller derby queen or like whatever it was that that had a feel but he understood he looked at the script and go okay once he got the how my vibe was with with the character and how the makeup was telling story for me he'd have these ideas of okay i need to lash and thinking he, because of this and he's feeling this he'd wear this because he's trying to feel like this and i'll be like that you have a storyboard for the makeup <laughs> And it involved lashes and nails and, and glitter. And it was so amazing. So I could say, okay, I have this feeling like he's, he's in his mind, he's walking down. He's like, it's a dark night. And he's feeling like a little film noir. And he's, he's kind of a heroine in a film noir movie. And he's like, got it. How about this and this? And, this. and he'd just be on it. And he creates some amazing thing. And then he'd up whatever I had by 10,000. <laughs> that being said, do you have a favorite ensemble? Oh, you know not really, because it was all, each new thing was like, that's amazing. Even when we had we said, go neutral today, we look at each other and go, really? <laughs> and then we decided our neutral was like a Kim Kardashian neutral. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think Pre does khakis. Up. I just woke up flawless with complete contouring, but you'd never know it. Not a, not a blend out of place. That's um, right. But, but there were a couple that were kind of amazing. I mean, of course, I love the, um, the warlord look, oh. with the white hair. The Tina Turner, so which was yes. but the whole effect was so with the purple furs like come on it was great that was a whole head to toe every department amazing um, um you were nothing short of glorious in that outfit oh my god stop <laughs> it please go on uh no, thank you thank you you know I'm, I'm being ridiculous but pre went from you know bartender with sassy bartender with something something to say to like warlord and gunslinger and you know fabulous whatever um, but I have to say, I mean, I can hardly stand it, but the, the, let's call it the look, not just make, but the look when we enter season five uh, is, is something so spectacular and different 
like so pre-different that the, that the um, when I went on to set, it was a couple of shooting days in already of the new look of the new season. But the director stopped like everything in the room, like a room full of people and extras. He stopped and said, "I have to say out loud that we've heard from the network. They sent a message saying they are so." losing their minds for the new pre that they can hardly stand like they never send the message and he stopped in the room like applauded it was this crazy like it's so different than what you're used to but so amazing in a different way and storytelling wise is so awesome that it's very <laughs> fine you so big tease kind of i am freaking out internally right now i want a bts <laughs> so bad i can't even tell you i can't say anything i'm, I'm bound on the pain of death but i know it's terrible but it's, it's pretty great so that's kind of my new favorite only because i can't wait for people to see it you know and because <sighs> oh, it takes it takes a moment i'm dying to know how long it takes people to realize it's me <gasps> <laughs> oh. okay that was a good teaser i like you that, like that yeah, one? i'll take it <laughs> and that's exclusive i haven't said that one to anyone so there you go i can say that one because it's very true but like again, one of the executives, I we she came to the closing closing party, and uh, she said, "I let her was watching. Me, Who is that?" And I went, "Oh my God, it's free! Holy shit!" So yeah. <laughs> I mean, are we talking like your character and Kim's convenience different, or like? <laughs> ah! I don't know. <laughs> Who's to say? I'm I, so I excited to find out. To wonder because it's it's it's. Whatever you're thinking, it's going to be like, oh, oh, oh my god! Like it's it's still going to be a kind of fantastic surprise, and then it unfolds, which is really great. The whole season, it's a, it goes somewhere else. The whole show kind of takes this great turn for the final season. Uh, they've had a ball. Just kind of let's go, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, and they've thrown everything at it, and it's uh, it's great. It totally in in the feel of our show and the and the turns that we take each season. But it really does elevate it to a whole kooky, different level. And because of the main storyline for the three leads, we all take up some slack and space. So we all, all of our stories, all of how we're helping out gets expanded. So we're all around a lot, which is, which is really great. It's a little more ensemble but yet still kind of our own things. That, that's all I can say. Well, all I can say is I hope that's a setup for the uh, pre-spinoff that's supposed to happen afterwards. <laughs> Your lips to the gods of film and TV's ears. Right? Oh my god, I love you. I mean, I'm I'm certainly not not ready to say goodbye to pre. You know, he's been um, he's been a, a pretty big joy, and I think that there's so much story there that we haven't tapped into. If it ever happened, let's just say I would be thrilled to do it. <laughs> let's just say you are not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, had some amazing one-liners some i mean there's always a moment where you think okay this is a serious moment then pre shows up and it's like all of a sudden this is still a serious moment but now it's just preed it's just a pre-moment it's preed and- i love that <laughs> The freed mode. Is any of that improv on your part, or is it all scripted, or do, you, or do you get to kind of insert little moments that you could on your own? Or you know, it's funny. Our writers are so great. I've actually, I think maybe once or twice, I've thrown in a line of my own, but then they've gone, "Oh, that's a great idea," and then they kind of tweak it or whatever. So, so very few of what you hear is actually not the writers, and and it's Adam Barkin who's amazing, and uh, Julian. Um, uh, oh God blanking his last name, but Julian, Julian, don't want Julian, but Julian, uh, always has a great, Julian and Michelle really, really, and then Adam, as sort of a, a close second, always have a great ear for Pree's voice. You know, you can always tell when they've written, it's like, oh, that's extra sassy, which is fantastic. <laughs> but all, you know, all I really did, it was, um, it was all the um, terms of endearment. Sweetie, honey, sweet cakes, you know, ginger hot, like, those were all mine. They used to just write honey. And I was like, and so I just always throw in some kind of cookie thing. They're like, great, love it, fantastic. And then eventually by season, like middle of season four-ish, each person started to write their own little, they really, they clued into it and started to write their own little like, sweet cheeks, you know, honey leather, whatever it was. <laughs> it, 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 oh, now you got it. Now you're all, now y'all grown. Now you can say it yourself. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know? Now y'all grown. I love that line. Like, you all grown. You know how to do this. You don't need mama anymore. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I guess they learned something from Warlord they Sass Pants. Them, they're like, wait a minute, we can write that shit and take full credit for it. I'm like, go ahead. As long as it's good, I'll say anything. Hey, I have to give an absolute nod to the fantastic writing because those writers are out of control, witty, and intelligent, and it takes not only that amazing writing, but the stellar delivery of it as well. So the combo right. is is not to be rivaled. <laughs> well, God, we, we, we've been lucky. Uh, honestly, from day one, it was the kind of thing where everyone got along. Like, I mean, every person got along from the very beginning. Not like showbiz, oh, we love each other, and then I stab you in the back, so you turn around. Like, actually, we anyone could sit and have a conversation with anyone. Like, you could sit and talk to Tana, and I could speak, or like Luke and I could sit down, whatever. Extras would come in, they would sort of sit with us. We engaged them, like, how you doing? What's going on? How you been? Busy time of year? What's, you know, like, it was just a very friendly space. And so, it filtered from the producers who were all really nice people. Our directors were great. Our our crew was amazing. And most of them would come back every year because the vibe was so great. They didn't take another show. As soon as we heard we had a, a repeat or we were coming back again, they'd be like, nope, I'm staying free. And so we'd see the same faces over and over again. It was amazing, like a family. Um, so I think that you felt that on set. And plus, they were great actors. And the three of them bonded instantly. Luke and um, Aaron and Hannah bonded immediately. So you can feel the palpable friendship of the whole thing. It's so warm. And it made it a great set to be on. And, and we could do stuff with each other that was easy and fast and fun and connect and, and play because it just worked. Our, our chemistry all worked, you know. And I love how we discovered in season one how Aaron and I had this great thing happening. So we had these, all these great scenes with, with uh, Pri and Johnny that were fun, including that hilarious we were married scene at... Uh, at um, uh, eulogy, which we could barely keep a straight face every take. <laughs> like, barely. Like, literally, at one point, like, Aaron, I did something, you know, sassy, and he just started laughing, and we had we had to stop for five minutes. He's like, I can't! I can't, do, can't take it! Can't take this! Um, <laughs> I have to tell you, that entire scene was amazing, just watching you, like, snap your finger in front of him. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty fun. And he was, of course, he's game for everything. So, like, Aaron is just the best playmate and the nicest guy maybe in the world. You know, like, and the three of them are, are lovely. And Hannah, my God, like, she just, she took off over the course of our of our season, you know? Like, in between, she came back and go, yeah, I did this film with Spielberg. Oh, my God, yeah, I did Laura Croft. They yeah, I was in Star Wars. We're like, who the <laughs> F are you? What is happening? <laughs> like, what what is going on right now? And congratulations, but what the hell, mama? <laughs> It was fantastic. And then, again, but it was still like, how is it break? What happened? What's everything? It was like, who cares? How is Spielberg? What the hell? <laughs> you know, so, uh, but it was amazing. She was always interested in, in your lives. And amaz amazing that what she had to do in the show, she never had, I mean, I never saw an, uh, um, a dark day or a dark moment. She never yelled at anyone. She never was snippy with anyone. She never was rude to anyone. Because one day, it was the fight she had to do with, um, with uh, Gavin Fox. In the, when we first met Gavin in season two, episode whatever it was, two or something, and she had that fight scene with him, which honestly took half the day. It was just over and over. It was a full room of extras and full crew, and the fight was amazing. She and he did most of the stunts themselves. So she had to do the fight 18 times. And, like, she would like, okay, another one, Hannah, and you never got a, give me a second! I'm tired! You never got a moment of that. She would be like, yeah, seconds. Okay, yeah, I just thought, wow, her patience and her, um, her, her generosity was astonishing. And she maintained that the whole time, working constantly. It was always easy and generous, and how dare she? She made us all look so bad. <laughs> I'm like, I've had to work for ten minutes and say two sassy lines. I need a hamburger and a massage! Well, that's why you're Warlord Sassy Pants. Hello. <laughs> I got the guilt it in. Oh, Tom. Well, he is pre, God knows. Get that man a cupcake and a lie down. Well, I mean, there has to be at least an ounce or two of pre in Tom as well, right? I mean... You know, I mean, he's in my sassiest moments, perhaps. That's our pre. Okay. God knows. You know? <laughs> I saw have his, his no-nonsense streak in sunnier than Pri is. You know, I tend to sort of be a little more buoyant and Pri gets a little like, listen, I will cut you in a second, but now give mom a hug. You know, like he's all tough love, which is awesome. I think that's a very fair explanation of the differences between you two, because I know people can't see your face right now, but you've been a smile ever since we've gotten on this pod. <laughs> John, 
Keep all my secrets away. Don't tell them I'm nice. Oh, and he's wearing an adorable Santa hat, people. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, it is, you know, it's 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 the most wonderful time of the year. Come on. Oh, my dear, you've led us into the best segue to Uber's um, burning question for you. Ah, ah, okay. <laughs> burning, burning question. So this next season, pre-singing, everyone wants to know. How, we're going to get you singing every episode, right? Every single episode. Is <laughs> Maybe we look forward to it. We're excited about it. We know it's going to happen this season. We just know it because it has to. We're willing into existence. Tell us. <laughs> Tell us. Wow. <laughs> you know, well, it's, I mean, the funny point is it becomes hard. <laughs> Poor Michelle. <laughs> it becomes harder and harder for her and the writers to find a reason to make me sing. Because <laughs> you're like, why is he singing? Uh, you know, so... I mean, but yes, there is some singing. There's little, yeah. there's little sort of revisity singing moments. So they found they found a couple of very, very clever ways to get me singing. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, very smart. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> so they, I do, I do a little bit, but just a little bit, because really there's so little reason for breaking the song. <laughs> but they, they found a couple of really, really funny, and I'm like, that is clever as shit, ways. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Not every episode, I won't lie. <laughs> but, but, but the whole joke went around. We were all talking. I mean, all the fans have been asking, like, what about a musical episode? But, but and Michelle literally, I mean, she talked about it. She thought about it. But to do that, like, you have to, like, either buy songs or write a score and then learn the score and then record the score and then do it would have been so much more rehearsal and and prep time than the show has budget for it would have literally cost like the entire season of a budget to do one episode of a of a musical but we would have wanted like like, literally like hannah sings luke is an amazing singer like people don't know that luke actually sings like he says one day i was like you, you bastard! <laughs> How dare you? How dare you look like this, be this great actor, and then sound like that? I may have to have you killed. I may have to. He's great. He's a great singer. Aaron says he doesn't sing, but he sings. I've heard him kind of, you know, do a couple of things casually. It's like, you sing. You just, you're afraid to. Because people are afraid to sing. Which is too bad, because people love to sing. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you say that, you forgot exactly how you look and how you sing, my dear. <laughs> because so same to you. <laughs> right now that i'm actually a five foot two asian man with boils like that's really you can't see it but the makeup is amazing um i don't know anybody who can pull off either gender any different um planet of attire (laughs) i think you kind of win a little bit i'm a chameleon that's what it is i I love i love my one of my life themes is transformation Mm. i realized years ago you know i i my 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 spirit animal is a phoenix. Like I just sort of, I, I transform my whole life. I keep reinventing and re-becoming. But I love, I can do it on stage, which are on film, you know, and become a thing. And so for me, the whole makeup thing, all the costume designers and makeup people I've ever worked with, it just said, literally, you can wear anything. The weirdest yeah. thing, people are like, literally, you know, like gag wigs, they put on a fright wig, ha ha, that's hilarious. They put it on me and they're like, ha why does it look like that's your hair? Yeah, who gave you permission to... Who gave permission to be able to wear anything? So, costume people love me. They're like, aligning. Like, give me it. I will feature it. I'll show it. I'll work it. Nothing's too big. There's no collar, too ornate. You know, it's like, <laughs> flop it on me. I am not afraid. So, I can kind of become whatever I want to become. And I, I kind of love that. It's a bit, bit of what I do. You know, I love that, uh, that thing. Speaking of, I know you are involved in a few other things aside from Killjoy's. <laughs> a few. Uh, hey, a few. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to think of something on screen or stage that you haven't tried yet. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like man, woman, drag queen, butch dude, na- nudity. In front of. Twice. In front twice. of the camera, behind the camera. Well, well, not just behind the camera. Actually, uh, direct, I've been directing, but on stage. Right, right, right. Directed- yeah, so I haven't actually done done uh, um, yet. You know, who knows? But yeah, I've, I've been directing recently, uh, musicals and stage. I just did um, a production here in Toronto uh, of Mary Poppins for Young People's Theatre. Yeah, it's amazing. Great. And I got like A-list cast. Thank God, because I've known all these people forever, you know. And with my name, I guess it's enough. People go, oh my God, Tom Allison's doing a show. Let's say yes. And so everyone said yes. And so it's become, I'm so proud to say this, uh, we just found out last week, it is now 
the highest selling show in YP, Young People's Theater, YPT, in YPT's 53 year history. <gasps> Congratulations! Thank you. I'm so good. Awesome. But the, it's Mary Poppins. I'm not like pretending it's all me! You know, Mary Poppins. And the cast is stellar. So everyone wants to see them. Plus, the reviews have been really glowing and they've worked their asses off. And so this, this pared down version and it's fantastic. So that's been great. You know, that, that's just happened. And yeah, I mean, singing and concerts and shows and acting in Shakespeare and, you know, the big festivals, the uh, Stratford Festival, uh, which is one of, it's the largest rep company in uh, in the world, I think, at this point, uh, which is here in Stratford, Ontario, in Canada, and the Shaw Festival, which is like, the second largest rep company in North America. Like, I've, I've, I've been very lucky. I was the right thing at the right time. And what I mean by that is, um, when I started 360 years ago... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you must uh, moisturize. I mean, moisturize every day. This shit looks <laughs> good, but it is not fresh. Uh, I, uh, I, it was the time when, when uh, um, multicultural casting was just sort of being called for and you being yelled for. And I came out of theater school, and I was dark enough to fill the quota, but light enough not to be threatening. And so I got all the work. It was, it was, I have a female friend and I who were the same. We were like, she was in like the big production of Crazy Few that ran for three years here. I was in Miss Saigon. Was like, we just were the right thing and had, you know, let's knock wood, enough talent to be seen. And so we were the ones who were that, that generation that we had just started and came onto the scene. So I just worked from the minute I came out of theater school. I was in all this stuff. Like, I had some tricks. I could see really high. So I got these musicals right off the bat. I did Miss Saigon for a year and nine months. And then went right into Tommy right after that. The Canadian production Tommy. So it took off. And so what's great is that it built my resume early, which means I got into all the big doors to, with all the opportunities that I could keep growing and learning more and then made a name for myself. And so my career just sort of had a great trajectory and so I always worked and I was always willing to do anything you know the James Earl Jones of Canada it's like I said yes to everything let me work let me see what happens <laughs> and so yeah and so it took me to a place where because I've been working so long what's a weird thing is because I've been successful on stage which was most of my work till a few years ago so because I was successful I was working all the time which meant I missed everything everyone's birthday every anniversary every party hey we're in town come out for drinks I can't have got a show you know a wedding I can't have got a show someone died I can't have got a show so a lot of my life went by, and it's recently I went, one, I want to do <clears throat> something where I have more time for my life to happen. And suddenly, Killjoy's happened, where I'm filming, and then I have time off, and, you know, I have space, they can do the things, and those filming days are the filming days, and other than that, I've got time around that. And then directing, where I can sort of do it and then not do the show. I walk away afterwards, and my job's done. And concert work, where it's like a night here, a night there, but then my days are free. It's not six days a week with eight shows, exhausted, have to save your voice, you can't go drinking, you can't, you know, so it felt like the right time to expand and see what else I, was, I could do. Because for years I just said, I act, that's all I know how to do, I can't do anything else. And finally went, I'm tired as shit, I surely must be able to do something else, let's find out. And then I, I put it out there, the universe went, good, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go, and I went, oh wow, okay. So... I think it was the right time. You know, I think when, when you're ready, the universe sends you the gifts. When you're ready to open the door, the universe is waiting with a, an arm full of packages for you. Oh, I love the way you put that. Thanks. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year and happy holidays. Right. I'm a, I must warn you, by the time this airs, we will be a little bit past Christmas, but of that's course we okay. Will. Hope you all had a great holiday season. Yeah. Happy said do you have a favorite job that you've done so far if you will do you prefer one or the other or are you just enjoying the experience of it all mostly i'm enjoying all of it because mm. i like variety i got i've gotten bored i realized i don't like a long run stage show one it's exhausting uh, and two it's just i want something fresh so i love the variety but i mean certainly there have been moments but it feels like every new gig is the next favorite gig you know that you oh that was fun oh no this is great oh that's great but certainly there have been moments that I've loved, uh, you know, uh, um, but I'm a stage baby. I mean, that's where my heart lies. I'm fascinated by film and TV, and I'm learning more about it as I'm doing it. Uh, but I'm still relatively new to it. I'm a bit of a babe in arms uh, still. So I'm finding out, and doing Killjoy's was such a huge blessing in many ways because I could watch the process and also learn, you know, the first season, I couldn't even think. I was too busy crapping my pants because I was in the show. I thought, oh, don't get fired. Don't get fired. Whatever you do, don't get fired. So that's my entire first season was just trying not to get fired. 
And then the second season going, I can't believe I'm still here. And then the third season going, okay, I guess this is real. And then I had, you know, could watch more. But but uh, I love the experience like this. Like, this is me doing a cabaret show right now. It's that whole me being me in my most fun, relaxed way, talking to people who are enjoyable because they want to talk to me. So that's fun. So it's like an audience that wants to pay to see me in my show. So the live thing for me is so real because I, that's how I grew up with the the live response to whatever I'm doing. That's how they say uh, stage is an actor's medium and how does it go? I think I think TV is editor's medium and and film is a director's medium or vice versa for those two. But each person like who controls that? I think TV is an editor's medium because it's how they cut you. You know, mm. you cut the seat to make your performance and then and then the movie the director is in there doing all the, the things but stage is we are the ones in charge ultimately once the director leaves we have to feel it every night feel the audience and so that feeling of riding an audience oh let me just shift this a little bit so there we go that's the animal that i am i'm built that way i always have a bit of a freak out uh, when we're filming because we'll rehearse something and they're like, oh my god, that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> they laugh at the whole thing. And then action. That's the worst. God. No, I need laughter. I don't know what's happening funny or not unless you're laughing at me. You know, so it's always it, it's a desperate part of us inside going, please react. React right now. And of course, it's the audience that sees it's going to react. So we don't hear the reaction. I get a bit freaked out sometimes still. I think, wait a minute, am I funny? Am I still funny? I mean, pretty. Anything. Something. Anything. <laughs> So, yeah. Where's the feedback, please? Please! How do I know if I'm good if you don't tell me? You know, <laughs> I think we're all actors are built that way always. Like, tell me I'm good. Please tell me I'm good. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm a film baby, but certainly I'm I'm fascinated by film and TV, and I'm not going to say no to that money. I'm not an idiot. So, <laughs> please. I'm like, oh, I couldn't... How much? Oh, I didn't... Have, I've got a feeling! What else do I need? Cheryl, I'll stick on the show. Let's... I'm going to have to like, cut every muscle in my undercarriage, but sure, no problem. <laughs> How much? You got it. <laughs> Tell me where to sign, please. Tell me where to sign, please. No problem. This podcast is brought to you by tvserieshub.tv, your site for entertainment news, reviews, and interviews. Now back to the show. I can hear you've learned so much already along the way. Just everything you do, every project you you undertake, you're learning new things along the way. And I, I have a question sort of about that. Um, and it's a little bit, uh, it's a serious one I found out because I asked it to one person and they gave me such a rich, deep answer. And so now, you know, that's on you. you got to answer this in a rich, oh deep, serious meaning. So, I so broke out the flop sweat. If, if you ruin this, then the entire interview is just completely trash. Do you understand the you guys are to write so this? awesome. This has been really nice talking to you. Thank you so much. Oh, no. okay, so, okay, Can't scare me, he says. So, so here it is. If you could somehow go back in time and give advice to your younger self, be it about your personal life, about your professional life, or, or just life in general, what advice would you give younger you? How dare you? Um, <laughs> how very dare you? Uh, you know what? Honestly, what I would what I would give uh, advice to myself, my younger self, I would say, don't don't be so afraid, because I had I had such fear, I've had such fear through a lot of my life, different things, not being good enough, or not being or being found out as a fraud, or you know things that I think are very human, but. But I feel like, even though I've had great success, knock wood, I, I could have gone further or discovered, this is hard to explain, um, more of where I was really meant to be. And not that I wasn't meant to be here, because that's the lesson I was meant to learn, right? This is the path I took, because that's the path I was supposed to take. But I feel like I'm just now starting to discover there's something more that I have to offer, that if I hadn't been so afraid early on, I would have discovered sooner. Not that time was wasted. God knows I have made the most of it every second and tried to just spread joy to everyone with what I do because that's part of who I am and why I wanted to be an actor but I feel like there's something else that I'm discovering I'm just starting to unlock right now that I've, I've found so many years of fear of not being good enough not being I was I was a fat kid and so I wasn't the good-looking one, I wasn't the whatever one, you know, it, it, and I had these friends who were all really attractive people, 
and people would fawn over them. And I, I, I not that I didn't get attention and I didn't have my thing, but but there were some big things that happened to them because of yes, talent, sure, but also how pretty they were and how and I didn't begrudge them that at all. I loved them. I wasn't that person who was jealous of people's success. I just felt like, wow, I feel like the world told me I would have to not settle but work harder. So that's not a bad thing. But also it made a part of me feel small inside where I a little bit. And I think it stopped me from um, opening some doors for myself earlier. You know, it, it, it's part of what made me become, uh, I spent all of my 20s uh, in a state of, uh, well, a state of, it, it, being bulimic. I became bulimic when I was 20. And basically, until I was 30, thought with it rapidly. So I turned 30 and realized I'm too tired to hate myself this much. And so thankfully, I found that information in my side myself. Something in me said, there has to be more than this, and then sought out the right information, the right people, and worked my way through the time I, you know, into my later 30s. I, I wasn't, it didn't have a hold on me anymore. But certainly, that 10 years was torturous. I feel like had I not been so afraid, I would have found something else. I would have found a peace inside sooner. But again, having said that, I know that each, each choice we make brings us closer to the person we're meant to be. And so I don't, I don't mourn the time that's, that's gone by, not lost, but gone by. And also I believe that every choice, whatever happens to you, good or bad, the next moment you have the choice to make a decision that's about learning. And, and people think, forget that they have a choice. They feel like this all just happens to them, they're trapped in this. No one's trapped. You, you can't help that moment of, ah, oh, my God, that was horrible, whatever, you know, however the most horrible things, you know, abuses, whatever happens to you. But you have the choice after that to go, I'm going to heal this. I'm going to seek the help, either in myself or outside of myself, to heal this, become better. And it's like that broken bone, right? Once it heals, it's now the strongest place in the bone because mm-hmm. it has to work so hard to rebuild itself. So so it's, that's it. I just, don't, don't, be, don't be so afraid. Uh, not, what's going to happen? Like, nothing's going to happen to you that you can't overcome. And I didn't know that until later. I'm sure it's deep enough, but that's where it is. Oh, no, that's perfect. I super love that answer. That is a really great answer. Well, and I think it it speaks to a lot of people as well, too. You know, you, I, I understand you are answering the question for yourself, but I was hearing some things I related to as well, and I'm sure, sure I'm not the only one. Sure. Well, it's universal. Everyone has an experience that someone else has had. And I think that people get... I mean, other than chemical imbalances, of course, which is a different thing, but people get depressed or down or, you know, to the point, the extreme, the suicidal moments, because I think part of it is feeling so isolated that, that no one understands. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm solitary in this and no one understands. And meanwhile, there's at least 8,000 people who are having that same experience in some different form. You know, and I think once you know that you're not alone, uh, and also the fact, I think that it's so hard to keep in mind as human beings that everything, everything in our lives is overcomable. It's just a case of figuring out how and asking for help. Hmm. I think you've hit the nail on the head with that last bit there because asking for help is sometimes the very hardest step in the entire process. Yes, yes. Because again, it's the stigma of, you know, what was wrong with you? Right. Just deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, people who say that can suck it. Because at, <laughs> yeah. at some point, right, we all need help. We all need help. And sometimes we're lucky. That someone who goes, I, I, you're not asking, but I see you need help, and I'm here. I'm going to grab you and hold on to you, and you're going to tell me what's happening. You know, you get those people. My mother was, uh, she, she sort of yelled her love at you, but she was an active lover. Like, she she lost her <laughs> sister at, at, at 24 in a car accident. And, and, and because of that, she was like, every phone call ends in, I love you, because you could be gone. But it also made her so actively loving, uh, you know, uh, aggressively loving. <laughs> you know, she she gets mad. And she's very high strung. She's German uh, Mennonite, actually, but she um, very high strung. But and a yeller. But yet, you always know that the love is so unconditional. No matter how angry she gets, and she just yell at you. She's like, she's like, I can kill you right now. I love you so much, but I can kill you right now. It's like, <laughs> I got both those messages actually. Interestingly enough, you know. So, so the idea of the un- the unconditional love. But you have to have for yourself to start with, and know and and know that you you have permission as a human being to falter and fail again and again. But are you getting up again? And are you seeking to make to be better? It's the people who don't they make the same mistakes and then whine and whine and and they're getting advice from people and it's like okay, 
we become addicted to our own pain because uh, negative energy has walls, right? You can feel. I can feel where I am when I'm feeling sad or angry or, or, or in the same cycle because I know where the edges of the room are. I know where the, the ceiling is. I know what that feels like. So I, I stay here. But joy and freedom is boundless. So it feels like you're free falling. So the impulse is to run away from the joy because it's too scary. Where are the edges of it? And the whole point is there aren't edges. Float in joy. Choose to float in joy. And your life changes. The energy of your life changes. Can I choose to float and kill joy? You can kill joy the shit out of your life. <laughs> you know, about, about Killjoys, I have to ask this one question real quick because I, with all this in mind, all this fun stuff in mind and all the deep stuff in mind, if you could, and speaking of magic wands about uh, talking to your younger self, if you could wave a magic wand, and of course you already know what's, what's going to happen this next season, sure. but if you could wave a magic wand, and spoiler free question here, so this, just have fun with it, okay. what would you like to see Pre do what is something pre hasn't done or what would you like to see pre do that he that you just really want to see make it happen? It's it's your show, it's your stage, you're the you're the brain behind the show all of a sudden, and it's your call. What what is pre doing that you want to see him do in this next season? Uh, what I would love, and I sort of said this too to people. I was like, oh, in my dream world, because again, it, it, my own inclination, which is transformation, is all these aliases. I've been dying to have pre-used, like I have to go back and use all of the aliases somewhere and get to see who each person was. Who all the time, which I loved. I was so hoping they might do it. It, just, it was in a place where we would go. But the dream world was, I could see, Ed has always been a woman. And I wanted to see pre, I could see the shot with like, you see the heels walking on the, on the you know, from the back, uh, walking down the, the pair. And the, the camera comes around and it's pre, but full female regalia. Like just stunning woman. Gorgeous, and we figure we find out that he's got a whole life as Paris O'Malley. Like there's like a, there's a husband, and there's like a whole existence. But like pre as super spy, you know, master of disguise. That's where I really wanted it to go. I am, but I mean, I'm talking. This is from like way Aren't before, right? Aren't you already right? married like, to Gerber? Paris said, "Honey, where have you been? It's been five years." Uh -huh. Oh, hi, darling. Um, long story. Anyway, I'm home. You know, like whatever it is to find out, like whatever or whatever she is. But I would love to have seen all of the aliases and who they have been, and that would have been genius to me. Speaking of, I found Kim's Convenience before I found Killjoys. So <gasps> oh. when I saw somebody mention on Twitter, you in Kim's Convenience, it hit me immediately which episode you were in. Oh, really? <laughs> immediately, and I went, ah! <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> because I swear you, I mean, just like you said, the transformation is out of control and you barely know it's you until all of a sudden it's obviously you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so that episode, the very first episode that they did, that, that appearance has oddly gotten me more what's the, not attention, but attention. I mean, more, really? uh, I've had more comments, people who've like, oh my God, I just saw it came to me and like that interaction. It's been this weird like touchstone for people in terms of like acceptance and listening and how that was written and how it came across of these two people who don't understand each other, having this moment of like warm understanding and seeing each other and going, huh, okay. And both their, their worlds are changed for that moment. I guess like, that's what's been explained to me that people have been so responsive to that. I've gotten so many messages from people, like strangers and friends and colleagues who, you know, don't necessarily talk to, who just said, I just saw you in the episode. I loved it so much. It was so great. And I'm like, oh, wow. Who would have thought? Like, bring on the drag queen and off we go. Well, <laughs> the friendly drag queen. I don't mean to speak for everybody here, but at least for me and my husband, there's a point where you just put your hand out and your facial expression says so much it's awesome it's one of those moments where the acting isn't just in the words and the costume you know you can feel it right right <laughs> right yeah so i well, can totally understand how that speaks to people because yeah the moment of understanding between two rather different seemingly different people is a uh, big thing yeah. and how it starts off you think oh how's this gonna go <laughs> like it's, it's like, like what 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 are you you go okay 
And I'm like, what, what are we doing here? You know? And you get, it was the whole trying to figure out like, what's the, what's this person's life? And someone asked that, where's that usually going? You know, like you're wrong or some religious thing or some bashing. And it's like, gird your loins. And then it's something that's actually an actual, well, what's funny I think for me is that I, I had an experience, not like that exactly, but when I was a kid, maybe eight ish, I was at my best friend's place and his younger sister was, was hanging out with us. We were playing something and you're like, yeah, sure, Rena, come on in. Um, and he went to get a drink of water and she looked at me this one day and she said, Tom, I said, yes. And she said, what's it like being you? Like, an innocent question. But I, I said, do you mean being like the color that I am? She said, yeah. And I was so aware in the script when I saw that one. I remember that moment for me when I wasn't feeling offended by it, but I realized the beauty of someone actually asking, honestly, I'm not going to assume what your life is like. What's it like being you? What, what are, who are you? You're, mm. you? The way, what your life is, what is it? Tell me about that so I know from firsthand what that is. I don't want to assume what your life is like. And it was that moment for me, and it, it rang so true. I guess maybe something, something came from that that I felt like, oh, right. And it's that moment when she puts her hand out and she realizes she can be all, because she's guarded. So she opens up with this, the flower opens, and it's like, I can be all of who I am to you, and you actually want to know, so I'm going to show you who I actually am. I wasn't conscious of it like that, I will admit. I wasn't thinking all of that at the time, but I feel like that's what happened. I think that's part of what people saw, I guess. They, they saw the this the warmth of, I'm going to be, my, be myself here, and you're going to allow me to do that, and I'm going to not make assumptions about you either, mm-hmm. as this guy. We had an understanding. So whatever that was, honest to God, I'm like, still people go, oh my God, I just, I'm like, really? It's like years later, but... I'll take it. I'm a media whore. Police. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) But also it's lovely. I mean, it's lovely that people have respond. Yeah. I mean, well, and I kind of love that it's come back around to, for you, it was just a scene in a, at that time, new show that you were in. It wasn't, I believe it's, it's slowly building a really great uh, audience. Oh my God. It's exploding right now. Yeah, it's exploding. It is great. Well, I feel like we have had such a long history of teasing Canada that perhaps Canada hasn't wanted to gift us with its amazing people and TV shows. Um, <laughs> I personally had no problem with Americans at all. I have many fabulous American friends and I adore them, but I understand. <laughs> I mean there's songs about it and South Park goes on about it and <laughs> yes indeed and it's funny we all like that is funny and a little true right film world <laughs> right right I know we've given you killjoys to enjoy with right? us you know yeah I mean it's not hear about a show until the third then because it's nice to be able to support the people you get to binge the hell out of boys in a month right uh, oh my god <laughs> wow that's amazing that's so awesome oh, though I was like more more? Oh, you want to have dinner? Can we watch dinner while I watch Killjoys? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so it's great for us to know that that's, the show is getting people enough that they're like, okay, yeah, you know, like, like I want to know more about this. And then it, I mean, the show I just, just saw, it's funny because the first few episodes, like any show, you're kind of getting the feel and who is everyone, how's it going, and then we get our, our feet wet too. But as it goes along and unfolds, this show really does kind of go... Well, it explodes before you. Absolutely. I feel like that that leads us into a good Uber question again. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Hit me. Ooh, okay. Uh, you can't see me, but I'm twirling my my mustache with this evil question. Actually, it's not necessarily an evil question. It can actually be a, a good question. Fan interactions. Uh, I, I can attest to... Heaven's question or Heaven's statement just now because I was on Twitter with her and uh, she she was like, "Okay, don't interrupt me. I'm watching Killjoys," and I'm like, "Okay, where are you watching Killjoys?" And then she tell me, "I'm like, oh right, then this just happened." And she's like, "You better not give me spoilers or I will murderize you because she we we just were total spoiler folks and i would never do that to her but part of me is like well just wait till you see what happens <laughs> i'm not gonna say it but something happens in this episode. i'm not gonna say anything though but you know Behind um, on a show you can't be mad about seeing spoilers when it's been out for two years already 
people have been doing what I've, it's been all people exactly. who watch it talk about yeah <laughs> I know I don't want to give it away but pre turns out to be something that sounds like shmore lord I don't know. Did I, did I tease you? Did I tease that? Uh, oh, oh, you can't. I can't wait till you see pre with hair. I might have done that to you. I, I don't. Remember. Oh no! I don't remember. It's a big giveaway. I don't remember. I might have because uh, I, I. I don't. I've never spoiled, but I do tease. I'm like you. You. You have to see pre in this episode. You're gonna die. Um. So my my question to you though is generally overall, what is your favorite fan interactions now you can go deep and moving you can deep go uh, funny and silly whatever way you want to go with this but do you have like some moments like either on on twitter or in person that you just is something memorable oh my god um of course in that moment i blank uh, uh nothing i can think of i mean i this i'm so new to all of this right in terms of the 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 fans like this, international people that I don't know, really coming out of the woodwork, and you know, and because of the show. So I, I've just been loving all the connection because it's 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 so novel. It's it's wonderful. Awesome. My fans are so smart and funny and and warm and inviting and and they they all want to come and share. Nothing. No one's been negative or weird or I hate that. Or, you know, like it's it's been really so insightful. People know details. They're like some small thing I did that was a character thing for me. And they're like, I love you did this thing with your hand. I'm like, how did you, I love that you saw that it was a, a little character thing for me, but they, they pick up on these things. And so they're so, they're so um, observant. They're so involved in the show. And we've also, mm-hmm. our, our show in particular, we've been really consciously engaging, but we've already enjoyed engaging with me and Tamsin and Sean and um, Aaron when he can and Hannah's just literally too busy all the time. She tries to go high, but she just can't. You know, but but we all really tried to be on on online and be present. But there's not not I'm trying to think one thing. I mean, there've been amazing gifts and things and 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 wonderful. Someone actually came to the Toronto FanCon. Was it called FanCon? I think uh, this year and made this little you can't see, but like a little like um it's like a six no maybe three four inch little doll, a wooden doll, but had dressed it all up in one of my costumes and drew the face. It was like, the, like something like that it was the cutest thing, but also I was so aware of the minutia of detail and time she put into making this beautiful little thing that is perfect, it can sit anywhere and be like a little memento. But it was so thoughtful, but the care that she put into it, it's stuff like that that I feel really moved by, that someone enjoyed the show and what I did so much, that they want to expressed that to me in something that they took the time to like a drawing or even amazing sketches that made or, or collages like that takes effort you know and so so to put that together because what i'm doing inspires you to want to share something with me of yours I, that's the biggest honor of all because that's giving me your time and i'm paid for this to do like that not this here this is my own good time yeah. but but paid, you know, paid to do the acting stuff that's my job although i enjoy my job thank god a lot so when you're taking your time to be paid, but just to go because of what you've given me, I want to give you something back. That says to me, that's my success. That's I know that what I'm doing is worth beyond the money. It's that people's lives have been affected where I've become part of their family, their life, their joy. And I that's amazing. My mind kind of gets blown by that because it's a it's not an everyday thing for, you know, human beings to just get people going. I enjoy what you do so much. You're in my home and you make my life feel a little bit happier when I see you once a week. <laughs> oh. like, you know, it's so, it's so sweet. It's so, it's kind of mind blowing. It's kind of a beautiful thing. So I feel so happy and honored that I get to actually interact and message back and say, thank you for this. And you're wonderful. I so appreciate that you watch us and I thank you. I love that you, thank you for that compliment. I'm glad that you enjoy what I do. I'm like, I, I love responding to our fans. I try to respond to everyone, or at least like it if I can, if I'm busy, just so that they know that I see you. I recognize that you've taken the effort to search this out, find me, and message me. I'm thrilled that you're, you know, you're making what I do easier. And also, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have a show. We have a first season and nostalgia. That's what we have. <laughs> Well, let me tell you from a fan's perspective, I know I've seen in some fandoms uh, it's, it gets toxic with people where fans feel entitled 
hear from the sure. the people involved in the shows. My perspective is always in if someone responds to if uh, uh, one of the uh, actors or, or people behind the this, this scenes if they respond. I honor that. I that it means something to me because they took time to do that. But I'm I'm not owed anything. But gosh, Tom saw my tweet and liked it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what? Honestly, isn't it what we all want is to be seen and heard by yeah. someone? You know, and to have someone that's a stranger, but someone that you you feel connected to, just a little bit, even to like something. Can, you can just go up and go, oh, oh, cool, like, oh, cool, like, and then if you have time, a little message back. Not everyone has to do it, and I'm not mad at anyone who doesn't. But but that little bit of like, I see you, I acknowledge yes. that you 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 reached out to me, and I and the least I want to do is say, awesome. Just that like, hi, hi back, a little, a little high five. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Just to say, I'm here, I see you, and and I love that you messaged me. That's all. Even if it's not a message message, but you know, so, so I get it. I get I get that it's an effort, and and um, uh, it. What it is is that the people that are fans that you guys have these these site these 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 podcasts and and you know like share this and, and get interviews and, and get people talking with their lives is that um it's passion that you all have for what we're doing that to me earns at least my God a hello for God's sake because <laughs> you know it's that passion that keeps our show on the air you know five seasons that changed my life so how can I not say thank you to all of you well. It's very gracious of you to do so, and Uber's reaction to getting a like from Tom is a real thing. <laughs> um, when you retweeted me once, I went on Nerx and I was like, oh my god, he retweeted me, should I ask him on the pod? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm a, I'm a media whore. Like, I will totally, like, I will, if I'm, unless I'm, like, dying crazily busy, I, I will try and make time, because I... Also, again, this is, for me, this is actually the happiest part, in a way, not the happiest, but it's like one of the happiest parts is that it's the cabaret show. I get to talk to people and have an interaction and, you know, be funny and charming and, like, you know, just kind of be myself and have fun. And and that's fun. That's a great time. I, I try and get on any, whoever asks me on a show, is like, yeah, sure, let's find a time. You know, no problem. Are you doing a cabaret show right now? I'm not. I'm not. I, well, no. I I, uh, I just finished doing a workshop of, the, of this kind of really cool, cool idea with this company called Night Swimming, and they're one of the only companies. I think there's two in Canada, maybe certainly uh, very few of them in the world that are devoted to theatrical research. So it's not about doing a show. They get an idea they want to explore, and they explore it. It could take two years. It could take ten years. They may go, yes, show. Let's finish it up and bring it to fruition. Or they'll go, not a show, but interesting. Scrap it. But they 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 explore things. Explain this really cool idea about uh, it's called the wolf and the voice. It's a place where the voice changes from chest to head, or where you're vulnerable to cold, or when women get pregnant, their voices can change, or the singers, and like where the voice is vulnerable. Anyways, fascinating. It was cool. But I'm doing two concerts coming up. Um, one is um, a Christmas sing along by the, the greatest cabaret performer in Toronto, in like Canada. She's amazing, Sharon Matthews. She's hilarious. So um, I sing a couple of numbers for her every year. Uh, on Monday, and then uh, just a couple of days from now, and then I'm doing this huge. Oh God, I'm so excited! The Canada Pops Orchestra, which used to be together, then sort of disbanded. They've been given money to regenerate themselves and come back to life. So uh, I'm one of thought. It's kind of amazing. I will speak for myself, but amazing guests, uh, including Ben Hefner, the famous Canadian tenor, and Louise Pietula, who played the lead in Mummy on Broadway, mm-hmm. and uh, Chantal Kraviazak, who's a singer from Canada, with a 64-piece orchestra singing Christmas songs. I may pee a little. I may. That's coming up. And then there's stuff in the new year. There's, you know, two shows, two plays, you know, in in the new year. And and this other TV show that I've been doing uh, for the last two years uh, called Your All-Time Classic Hit Parade. And it's like a... Yeah, like an, like an old-time singing show um, where the audience is usually, you know, older, meant for sort of 70, 60-year-olds. You know, or an audience of people that come in, and we sing these great songs, but with great arrangements. There's six singers and our host, Marilyn, who is uh, it's her idea, the whole thing, and a three-piece band. It's fantastic. It's really, it's quite lovely. And so our second season is about to air, and we might have another season of that. I think we're hearing there's another season of that coming up. So, like, just eclectic things in the new year. You know, might be going on another fan con to Europe. I can't say yet for sure, but I think it's happening. Well, let us know. We'll help uh, support and spread the word of that as soon as we're allowed to. <laughs> I will farm that out like a full-time job as soon as I know it's for sure. Do you have a favorite holiday song? I do. 
I do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. That's it. My favorite song. Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting a singing response. I feel so grateful right now. <laughs> you know, I'm here. Why not? I'm in the spirit. I just warm it up for the next couple of days. It's one of my favorites. Yes. It's a great song. I feel like we've kept you on a long time, but I don't want to go without asking if there are any th- other teasers you would like to give us before oh, our lovely sh- um, mm-hmm. What can I say? Um, oh, I'll, I'll say this. I can say this. Um, for those who have been wanting more of, um, the, which has turned out to be a fantastic combination of Kelly, um, Kelly McCormick as Zeph and Pre, you're going to get a lot more of Zeph and Pre this season. Okay. Okay. Yeah, as, as, which is, Kelly and I became really good friends uh, between season uh, three and four. Um, and the chemistry, they just kept seeing us together and went, wait, more of that. But in season five, you're going to get a lot of Zeph and Pre in the funny, like, like the most lovely and ridiculous combination of people. So it's a lot of that, which is fun. I am so surprised how much Richter grew on me in an exponential fashion. Yep, I know. People are like, oh, I'm not sure. And we knew because we saw the episodes coming up. And we thought, wait, they're going to be like, I'm not sure about her too. I'm living for Zeph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She becomes, and how she blossoms. And also, Kelly's just such a funny, inventive, generous, genius, young actress. I can't believe how old she is. I'm like, you're still in your 20s. And you were like, she's so inspired. And working with her is, I'm, I'm always so delighted and and um, 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 invigorated with her in scenes. Like, it's like, she's always clever. I'm like, oh, oh, it's going to be that. Oh, I have to throw it down, bitch. Okay, step <laughs> over. If it's going to be that kind of shit, i got to pull some good pre shit. That, that's, so we've had this great time, and they kept giving us more to do. So we have a lot of, of very fun <laughs> fun things happening in, in season five that I think the fans will like a lot. Well, last we see, you two are in the same room together in a altered state so right <laughs> yeah i know and from there it goes it, it, it kind of goes it, it becomes it becomes a fun house mirror in Ooh, i can totally see where you're going with that comment yeah, that's what i'll say and i'll leave it at that but that's that's the best teaser i can give you and when you sit again no matter what i say to you you might have you might get close you won't you, you won't hit it on the head it's kind of fantastic I don't think I've ever been able to predict anything that's happened, so <laughs> I think you're probably right. is a fucking oh dear, may I say, but but it's like she's a a, a a mastermind evil genius. Like she's like she finds ways. I remember when I, when I first went, oh, I mean, I knew she was amazing. I, had, I watched Lost Girl once I got the show. I'm like, what is this show she's done? Want oh. to know who she was? Right. You know, and I fell in love with it. I binged like crazy. Um, but what was amazing when the moment I went. Oh, you clever mix. Was when everyone wanted to, like, no, don't let Davin and Dutch sleep together. Yes, let Davin and Dutch, Dutch sleep together. I was like, how what are you going to do it? They're not going to do it. Then she had this, you know, I remember reading it. It's like, they have sex, and then he tries to kill her. I was like, <laughs> you are, uh, give me, I applaud you, madam. How dare you? How very dare you? That is some grade A prime shit there. I totally I, agree. Uh, that's it. And that's when I went, that, that's someone who's clever beyond words. Because she gave the ones who wanted to sleep together their, their, their moment, but then took it away and gave it to the ones who like, don't do that. It's like, Whoa. it became so complicated instantly. I thought, that is genius! She giveth yeah. and she shall taketh she, away. She slap it away. <laughs> yeah, it's gold. It's gold. And I went, I'm, I'm in love with you forever. I mean, that mind that goes... Don't just don't just do it straight on. Do it, but then screw it up and make more drama. And she did. And I thought, oh, that's amazing. And then I was I was like, I'm I'm yours forever. I was fascinated by how she finds ways to go. Oh, this. Oh, that. Oh, what if we? Mm, I don't want that. What if it's this instead? So clever. We are right there on board with you, as both of us being Lost Girl fans as well. Too, we're just nailing it. Everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out and chat with us today. This has been more fun than I could have guessed. Yay! Oh, you got it. 
<laughs> just a, listen anytime anytime i'm happy when you are you're both delightful this has been such a pleasure oh yes give me a shout give me Thank a shout i'm there <laughs> Well, uh, if there's anything you want to talk to us about in the future, new projects, we're here for you. We will talk again. Gosh, thanks so much. We are so excited for Killjoys and for anything else you have for us in the future, because obviously it's not ending at Killjoys for you. So, <laughs> not retiring. That's all. Right? I've, I've worked enough. <sighs> and we're done. And we're done. <laughs> I'm just evaporating the puff of smoke, and that's the end. Thanks for listening to another Nurks podcast. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes, and follow us on Twitter at Nurks of the Hub, and let us know what you think. 